Solomon begins holding master classes for other royalty who want to glean from his wisdom. It's 2 Chronicles chapters 9 through 12 and Isaiah chapters 3 through 4. Here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Worship at the new temple has been established, and the people of Israel begin to worship the Lord with renewed vigor and zeal. The Lord honors their worship and continues to love his people by providing for them and protecting them. King Solomon's wisdom and wealth become known across the ancient world, and royalty from nearby nations come to seek his counsel and insight. Ironically, Solomon's wisdom is not passed on to his own son, Rehoboam, as one of his first decrees runs in direct contradiction to the council of elders. By trusting his friends more than the advice of wise men with experience, Rehoboam serves as a catalyst for division. 2 Chronicles chapters 9-12 through 12. The Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame. So she came to test Solomon with difficult questions at Jerusalem with a very large entourage, with camels bearing spices, gold in abundance, and precious stones. She came to Solomon and spoke with him about everything that was on her mind. So Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too difficult for Solomon to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba observed Solomon's wisdom, the palace he had built, the food at his table, his servants' residence, his attendants' service and their attire, his cupbearers and their attire, and the burnt offerings he offered at the Lord's temple, it took her breath away. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your words and about your wisdom is true. But I didn't believe their reports until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, I was not even told half of your great wisdom. You far exceed the report I heard. How happy are your men! How happy are these servants of yours who always stand in your presence hearing your wisdom! Blessed be the Lord your God. He delighted in you and put you on his throne as king for the Lord your God. Because your God loved Israel enough to establish them forever, he has set you over them as king to carry out justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king four and a half tons of gold, a great quantity of spices and precious stones. There never were such spices as those the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. In addition, Hiram's servants and Solomon's servants, who brought gold from Ophir, also brought algum wood and precious stones. The king made the algum wood into walkways for the Lord's temple and for the king's palace, and into lyres and harps for the singers. Never before had anything like them been seen in the land of Judah. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba her every desire, whatever she asked, far more than she had brought the king. Then she, along with her servants, returned to her own country. 
The weight of gold that came to Solomon annually was 25 tons, besides what was brought by the merchants and traders. All the Arabian kings and governors of the land also brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. Fifteen pounds of hammered gold went into each shield. He made 300 small shields of hammered gold. Seven and a half pounds of gold went into each shield. The king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a large ivory throne and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps. There was a footstool covered in gold for the throne, armrests on either side of the seat, and two lions standing beside the armrests. Twelve lions were there on the six steps, one at each end. Nothing like it had ever been made in any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were gold, and all the utensils of the house of the forest of Lebanon were gold. There was no silver since it was considered as nothing in Solomon's time, for the king's ships kept going to Tarshish with Hiram's servants, and once every three years the ships of Tarshish would arrive bearing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the world in riches and wisdom. All the kings of the world wanted an audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. Each of them would bring his own gift, items of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, and horses and mules, as an annual tribute. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots, and 12,000 horsemen. He stationed them in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines and as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedar as abundant as sycamore in the Judean foothills. They were bringing horses for Solomon from Egypt and from all the countries. The remaining events of Solomon's reign, from beginning to end, are written in the events of the prophet Nathan, the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and the visions of the seer Iddo concerning Jeroboam son of Nebat. Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel for forty years. Solomon rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of his father David. His son Rehoboam became king in his place.
Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam son of Nebat heard about it, for he was in Egypt before he had fled from King Solomon's presence, Jeroboam returned from Egypt. So they summoned him. Then Jeroboam and all Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam. Your father made our yoke harsh. Therefore, lighten your father's harsh service and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam replied, Return to me in three days. So the people left. Then King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had attended his father Solomon when he was alive, asking, How do you advise me to respond to this people? They replied, If you will be kind to this people and please them by speaking kind words to them, they will be your servants forever. But he rejected the advice of the elders who had advised him, and he consulted with the young men who had grown up with him, the ones attending him. He asked them, What message do you advise we send back to this people who said to me, Lighten the yoke your father put on us? Then the young men who had grown up with him told him, This is what you should say to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. This is what you should say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Now therefore, my father burdened you with a heavy yoke, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I with barbed whips. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, just as the king had ordered, saying, Return to me on the third day. Then the king answered them harshly. King Rehoboam rejected the elders' advice and spoke to them according to the young men's advice, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father disciplined you with whips, but I with barbed whips. The king did not listen to the people because the turn of events came from God in order that the Lord might carry out his word that he had spoken through Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king had not listened to them, the people answered the king, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Israel, each to your tent. David, Look after your own house now. So all Israel went to their tents. But as for the Israelites living in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Hadoram, who was in charge of the forced labor, but the Israelites stoned him to death. However, King Rehoboam managed to get into his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. Israel is in rebellion against the house of David until today. 
When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mobilized the house of Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 fit young soldiers, to fight against Israel to restore the reign to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God. Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all Israel in Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says. You are not to march up and fight against your brothers. Each of you return home, for this incident has come from me. So they listened to what the Lord said and turned back from going against Jeroboam. Rehoboam stayed in Jerusalem, and he fortified cities in Judah. He built up Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Bethzur, Soko, Adullam, Gath, Merisha, Ziph, Adoraim, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Aijalon, and Hebron, which are fortified cities in Judah and in Benjamin. He strengthened their fortifications and put leaders in them with supplies of food, oil, and wine. He also put large shields and spears in each and every city to make them very strong. So Judah and Benjamin were his. The priests and Levites from all their regions throughout Israel took their stand with Rehoboam. For the Levites left their pasture lands and their possessions and went to Judah and Jerusalem, because Jeroboam and his sons refused to let them serve as the priests of the Lord. Jeroboam appointed his own priests for the high places, the goat demons, and the golden calves he had made. Those from every tribe of Israel who had determined in their hearts to seek the Lord their God followed the Levites to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord the God of their ancestors. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Rehoboam son of Solomon for three years because they walked in the ways of David and Solomon for three years. Rehoboam married Mahalath, daughter of David's son Jeremoth, and of Abihail, daughter of Jesse's son Eliab. She bore sons to him, Jeush, Shemariah, and Zaham. After her, he married Mekah, daughter of Absalom. She bore Abijah, Atai, Zizah, and Shalomoth to him. Rehoboam loved Mekah, daughter of Absalom, more than all his wives and concubines. He acquired 18 wives and 60 concubines and was the father of 28 sons and 60 daughters. Rehoboam appointed Abijah, son of Mekah, as chief, leader among his brothers, intending to make him king. 
Rehoboam also showed discernment by dispersing some of his sons to all the regions of Judah and Benjamin and to all the fortified cities. He gave them plenty of provisions and sought many wives for them. When Rehoboam had established his sovereignty and royal power, he abandoned the law of the Lord, he and all Israel with him. Because they were unfaithful to the Lord, in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, King Shishak of Egypt went to war against Jerusalem with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 cavalrymen, and countless people who came with him from Egypt, Libyans, Sukim, and Cushites. He captured the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Then the prophet Shemaiah went to Rehoboam and the leaders of Judah who were gathered at Jerusalem because of Shishak. He said to them, This is what the Lord says. You have abandoned me. Therefore I have abandoned you to Shishak. So the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is righteous. When the Lord saw that they had humbled themselves, the Lord's message came to Shemaiah. They have humbled themselves. I will not destroy them, but will grant them a little deliverance. My wrath will not be poured out on Jerusalem through Shishak. However, they will become his servants so that they may recognize the difference between serving me and serving the kingdoms of other lands. So King Shishak of Egypt went to war against Jerusalem. He seized the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the treasuries of the royal palace. He took everything. He took the gold shields that Solomon had made. King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them and committed them into the care of the captains of the guards who protected the entrance to the king's palace. Whenever the king entered the Lord's temple, the guards would carry the shields and take them back to the armory. When Rehoboam humbled himself, the Lord's anger turned away from him, and he did not destroy him completely. Besides that, conditions were good in Judah. King Rehoboam established his royal power in Jerusalem. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name. Rehoboam's mother's name was Nama the Ammonite. Rehoboam did what was evil because he did not determine in his heart to seek the Lord. The events of Rehoboam's reign from beginning to end are written in the events of the prophet Shemaiah and of the seer Iddo concerning genealogies. There was a war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam throughout their reigns. Rehoboam rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. His son Abijah became king in his place. Isaiah chapters 3 through 4. Note this. The Lord God of armies is about to remove from Jerusalem and from Judah 
every kind of security, the entire supply of bread and water, heroes and warriors, judges and prophets, fortune tellers and elders, commanders of fifty and dignitaries, counselors, cunning magicians, and necromancers. I will make youths their leaders, and unstable rulers will govern them. The people will oppress one another, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. The young will act arrogantly toward the old, and the worthless toward the honorable. A man will even seize his brother in his father's house, saying, You have a cloak. You be our leader. This heap of rubble will be under your control. On that day, he will cry out, saying, I'm not a healer. I don't even have food or clothing in my house. Don't make me the leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen because they have spoken and acted against the Lord, defying His glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them. And like Sodom, they flaunt their sin. They do not conceal it. Woe to them, for they have brought disaster on themselves. Tell the righteous that it will go well for them, for they will eat the fruit of their labor. Woe to the wicked, it will go badly for them, for what they have done will be done to them. Youths oppress my people, and women rule over them. My people, your leaders mislead you. They confuse the direction of your paths. The Lord rises to argue the case and stands to judge the people. The Lord brings this charge against the elders and leaders of His people. You have devastated the vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. Why do you crush my people and grind the faces of the poor? This is the declaration of the Lord God of armies. The Lord also says, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, walking with heads held high and seductive eyes, prancing along, jingling their ankle bracelets. The Lord will put scabs on the heads of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will shave their foreheads bare. On that day, the Lord will strip their finery, ankle bracelets, headbands, crescents, pendants, bracelets, veils, Headdresses, ankle jewelry, sashes, perfume bottles, amulets, signet rings, nose rings, festive robes, capes, cloaks, purses, garments, linen clothes, turbans, and shawls. Instead of perfume, there will be a stench. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of beautifully styled hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothes, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. Your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle. Then her gates will lament and mourn. Deserted, she will sit on the ground. On that day, 
seven women will seize one man, saying, We will eat our own bread and provide our own clothing. Just let us bear your name. Take away our disgrace. On that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of Israel's survivors. Whoever remains in Zion and whoever is left in Jerusalem will be called holy. All in Jerusalem written in the book of life. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the blood guilt from the heart of Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning, then the Lord will create a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing flame of fire by night over the entire site of Mount Zion and over its assemblies. For there will be a canopy over all the glory, and there will be a shelter for shade from heat by day and a refuge and shelter from storm and rain. Well, summer's coming to a close. School years are starting. Families are having new rhythms and patterns in the week and in the weekdays. I hope that you are able to carve out time for the Word, whether it's in listening to this podcast or in cracking open those Bibles at home or at work or wherever you can find space. If you or your kids have a new water bottle for the year, you can put a new Commuter Bible sticker on that. Go to patreon.com slash commuterbible. There's also new t-shirts to freshen up your wardrobe if you want to support us. All right, today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Ron, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. <laughs>